Welcome to season four of Safe Topics. In this series, we're talking about books. And other things. Yes, other things, but we're going to go deep on some books. Not like a full book review, but like a chapter by chapter review, which I guess adds up to a full book eventually. <laughs> yes. And we're going to talk about anything else that makes us think about how we teach and why we teach. And we want you, the audience, to join us. Listen for details about how to do that at the end of this episode. All right, here we go. Are you sore? I'm, uh, well, I was. I'm getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we had a very fun weekend at a punk rock show. We Um, did. Yep. In San Diego. It was actually a perfect day. Nice weather. Uh, Sunny for a little bit, but mostly overcast. So no sunburns. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was. It wasn't too warm. It wasn't too cold. It was perfect. Yeah. And the crowd was pretty cool, I thought, overall. A couple skirmishes here and there. A couple, you know, people as they are. But overall, yeah. yeah. Uh, really good vibes. Really cool. Um, really cool bands. Um, two that I hadn't heard of before. So that was fun to kind of learn. Um, yeah, overall good time. Very good. Very good. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Do you remember what I texted you after? Yes, that's so that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had a really good way of describing it. <laughs> Do you want to share that or <laughs> I, I think I, I think I said that it was like going to a, a high school reunion uh for a high school I didn't attend. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean yeah, what I mean by that is that it was uh lots of folks around our age. Which is no surprise given the band is no effects and their heyday was when we were of a different age. (laughs) And actually, you know, it was really nice to see that. And it was a festival, um, not really just like a show in an enclosed space. So open air outside, a little beer garden, beer tasting area for a few hours to just get everybody socially lubricated for the things to come. And um so that was kind of comforting <laughs> the the age group that that was most um present there. We were with our peers. We were with our peers. Um <laughs> and at the same time I was not with my peers at all. So <laughs> that <laughs> Definitely a scene I haven't been to. Um you know, I did some homework uh leading up to this not just in listening to the music and learning more about the bands and things like that but also in reading things from my field and um i, I read read a academic article it's over a decade old though it, it, it's uh called punks not dead the continuing significance of punk rock for an older generation of fans nice. by um andy bennett and uh I, I did like a real quick read the first time through before going. And then over the weekend, I, I looked at it um, some more just to kind of see if what I was seeing aligned with some of um, Dr. Bennett's uh, observations. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and, and then I want to see if these points and discussion questions and kind of ideas, if they resonate with you at all, um, given that you were more part of the scene and then now um, visiting that scene as a quote unquote older fan. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So the article basically is looking at um, how punk rock lives on in, in the fans um, that, you know, kind of, trade in the mohawks for a minivan right <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> those are my words not his <laughs> so um so looking at how older fans of uh punk rock continue to have you know uh, the how the music continues to play a great significance in their lives maybe they're bumping it now in the minivan right <laughs> um, so th this was interviews and conversations that uh with punk fans between the ages of 35 and 53 which i think that's the age group that, that we were yes yeah, that we were among right yep. uh, we're we're definitely there but also i think most of the people there are there for sure um but this was in the East Kent region of England, so a little different, right? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of similarities culturally in, in the punk scene and the subcultural punk scene um, across the world. But, but you know, I, I think American punk, New York punk versus West Coast punk, um, English punk, they, they're going to have uh, their distinct qualities as well, right? So yeah. something to consider. And it looked at how older punks articulate their continuing attachment to the genre, right? And it's usually the older music too, right? It's not the newer music, even of the older artists, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, also considers how older punks respond to more recent developments in punk music, right? Like these, these darn kids, right? I'm shaking my fist for those <laughs> who are listening. Um, growing popularity of like, like the phases, right? You had like more pop punk, ska punk. There, there's, there's definitely, and I learned a lot from um, the concert goers, the festival goers about the punk scene and the even the the distinctions between different groups that were present there. Mm -hmm. Some people may have been more into what is called like straight edge punk, but they were there because. Um, they just knew that older punk fans would, would be there as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and how they manage relations with younger punk fans, right. How they're trying to uh, keep in touch with that. And then also understand the, the developments. So this is where I really have some questions for you. Okay. There's some arguments made in here about like, what, what, how did these punks turn out? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How did those punks turn out? And there's a few different ones. So th there was this group, observations were made about like this DIY, the do-it-yourself ethos, um, emphasizing self-sufficiency and independence from mainstream culture, which when you look at like no effects in their music is definitely like anti-corporate, anti-big government, anti right? Um, which kind of leads me to some questions about libertarianism, but I don't know if we'll get to that. We'll see. But the <laughs> DYI ethos, um, anti-authoritarian, anti-establishment attitudes, right? And those kind of continued in, in their voting or non-voting mm. um, uh, older selves, I guess you could say. The sense of community and belonging uh, that comes from being part of that subculture, 
and, and the shared values and experiences. So probably being able to relate more to former or older punks, you know, if you meet them later in life. Mm-hmm. And then the aesthetic uh, sensibilities that are associated with punk, the clothing, graphic design, yeah. album artwork, just the artwork in general. Like I even looked at the poster for the no effects. It's like this, you know, very uh, like green and 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 there's like skulls and, and there's just like a lot going on. But when I look at it, I don't think of anything but punk music. Right. It's a very clear aesthetic. Yep. Yeah. So how how are you feeling about all of this so far that I'm throwing at you sociologically here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it resonates with me. I, I would. So the, so let's, let's kind of root this a little bit in no effects, particularly. So yeah. the DIY thing, um, I totally agree with you. It's in the themes. I would say it's in the sounds too, that no effects, they like to play with genre. Right. And so, and they're doing that, I think intentionally around sort of ethnicity that's been part of kind of no effects identity as a band, as individual members, as well as part of their music, but they're doing it also, I think, as as like a playful form of resistance right and and that's kind of how when you say diy and 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 kind of you know where 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 that emerges in so many different ways um i really that that's what i hear it's like punk is like serious play or like playful seriousness right it kind of has that it around gender around as you say like the aesthetics um and I feel like for me, pers- and then this is where we're going to differ in this conversation. It's like, I, I'm, I'm just talking about this as a big fan. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. So you have the big high and I love it. Like the big lens above and can kind of see the <laughs> scope of it. And yeah. I'm very much like, well, th- this is how my little heart feels about it, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but for me, that's, that's the the long-term appeal just to your question about or that 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 larger question about like how do these punks turn out or like what is it that we're sustaining um the long-term appeal for me is that just like that playfulness that serious playfulness it's i'm checked don't take myself too seriously like make sure there's space for play or where there is play like saturday was nothing but just play Mm-hmm. But there was also like, you know, some seriousness there, like, like, like we mean these themes, most of them. Uh, and also like, we're here for each other. Like, we're not here to just like hurt each other or like, you know, ignore each other or whatever. Like we care about each other. Yeah. Yeah. The play is a big theme. I think also uh, just going back to looking around at everybody around my age doing these things, like there, there, there is like a trance for like, felt like people were transported back to a different time for them, uh-huh. uh, which is good. Like, I, I I mean, I understand that, especially when you see a group that you probably saw or you at least consumed the music a lot when you were of a younger age. You know, it's like those songs always bring back certain memories, certain places, people, situations you were in. Um, and we tend to look at those if they're not overly traumatic in a, in a, in a fond way, right? Like almost like rose colored lenses. Like they were like, those times were better than they really were, but they were just times when maybe, you know, it's cliche, but things are simpler. Things are, you know, your, your life isn't as complex and the responsibilities aren't so heavy um, and things like that. And you kind of saw that because <laughs> got to tell you, I was feeling like Monday morning, I felt fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did not partake in too much of anything. Um, 
However, I was feeling for the people that I'm like, I know they're probably like me dropping their kids off at school on this Monday morning. Right. But not 48 hours ago, they were pretty much passed out behind a porta potty and, you know, like <laughs> the porta potty village and and uh, people were checking on them, you know, making yeah. sure they were still breathing, laying on their side and things like that. So, you know, they they were getting down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that I don't know if that's punk rock or if that's just like a party, because it definitely just your point about like it felt mm-hmm. like a high school reunion. There was that that aspect of it that was folks are just here to party. And that's not necessarily how I engaged it. Um, but yeah, that that's just that's part of it. It's OK, whatever that is. <laughs> Uh, well, unlimited beer tasting three hours before yeah. the music comes on. I think that's that's going to get that situation going pretty quickly there. Right? That that, and then when the bar starts running out of like beer at a certain alcohol content oh. level, and the only thing left are like the cocktail things that are pretty high alcohol content. Oh, now we're mixing things. Yeah. Yeah, no. and then there's it's just, and again, that's kind of what it is. I don't know. That's not so, great, but. Back to the play part, though, because, well, the, the drinks definitely help with the play, I think, for a lot of people. Right. But the, the play part is really uh, not just fascinating to me, but it was entertaining because, you know, you had me. <laughs> this is there's a lot of things that speak to our age. One, you gave me you you sent me a video that was a tutorial about mosh pits. Yes. So, like, I don't even know like when this became part of the the culture or became a thing where now I'm watching a YouTube video to prepare myself for a mosh pit instead of like going there and just figuring it out. Totally. Um, yeah. So that was, <laughs> well, so this is, a, so let's pause there. Cause I want to go, I want to dig into that a little bit. The, the, that there is a YouTube video on mosh pit etiquette to yeah, me. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah to me suggests that this is now like a cultural, not just phenomenon, but like a cultural practice. Like this is a ritual and it has certain kind of, you know, rules to it. So does that like, as a sociologist, does, does, does that, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you? I, I agree with what, well, here's the thing that there are many more unwritten rules than mm-hmm. written rules. Right. Yes. And mosh pit is no exception to that. Moshing is no exception to that. However, these days, you know, there are a lot of um, the the availability to access and learn the unwritten rules is at a place that's never been before. And this is one more example of that. Right. So you can go in like fully prepared now, which is great for people to learn and then just like it says etiquette to do the right thing at the right times in the right way to yeah. be accepted because the way you learned that before we're all about learning on this podcast yes. the way you learned about that before was you got beat up <laughs> that's yeah. what, that's what like you were moshing you threw an elbow you hit somebody in a way that is you know uncouth uncalled for and then then um yeah you're pretty much getting handled and you're learning the very very hard way right (laughs) so um at least you have some kind of preparation for what's going to happen next and kind of related to that was (laughs) you remember i was talking to you and then like the one of the bands that were not that one of the head not the headliner but one of the bands um on the set the guy's was done with the song and then he started um he started 
pitching his uh he was advertising for his uh documentary and i was like that's where we are in our lives like this guy has a documentary he wants us to watch like (laughs) i can't imagine being like 17 at a punk concert and like hey be sure to check out my documentary if you put in the promo code punk never dies then you know you'll get 15 percent off and (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man I think nowadays we're all content creators. You got content. You need to you need to tell the people about the content. And you got a stage. Tell the people about your content. Nowadays, but then when I'm saying when I was 17, totally. I didn't hear that. Maybe a 17 year old would hear that from the music that they're listening to now. But I'm well, just saying as a 17 year old in the time, I won't give the year, but years yeah. ago. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. But just I just to like double down on that though, like there were some some I'm gonna not say kids. There were some younger people than us in the pit um, that I got to talk to a little bit. Yeah. And they were definitely in there to have fun, but they were definitely in there also with their phones on and regularly posting under a name that they 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 post this kind of stuff under. It's not necessarily their personal account. And they're just sort of like, I'm having a good time and this is my life. It was, no, 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 this, this is kind of like a business thing. Like this is content. Like this is... I'm showing people and wanting attention to get whatever kind of whatever, right? Um, which also not a part of when I was their age doing this kind of stuff. It's almost antithetical to the punk thing, like that you are your own brand, your own bit, like you want to be a mini corporation. Yeah, I I don't know. This is a good question. I, I want to explore this a little bit. Because you're so punk, I think is a contradiction, and I like that about punk. So, so punk rock, like you, and and No Effects embraces this, right? Like, so No Effects becomes popular. Their music is still trying to be this sort of like, um, you know, dissonance, like call things out that are selling out all that stuff. And yet they themselves are making a lot of money and they depend on us knowing who no effects is. And we go to the shows and we buy their stuff, their shirts and all the things. And then they're still saying like, fuck no effects, like fuck t-shirts, like, you know, that like, so they're total contradiction. And so a kid in the mosh pit who's wearing like a banana outfit (laughs) and filming himself because that, how like maybe that's his joy maybe that's all that was but you know maybe it's something else i'm not sure i have a problem with that i feel like that's that's as punk rock as anything else ever was right well i don't have a problem with anything that happened i mean (laughs) it's just i I think it's just looking at it analyzing it kind of trying to figure it out but then you know well where aren't there contradictions right we're not going to find a place that, that that doesn't exist but yeah, I, I think the the real shining example of this and it's something that emerged in our lifetime and is still going today, which is interesting, is a, like Hot Topic, you know? Right. In the mall, yeah. <laughs> right? And, right? And I remember that being kind of like not really the punk thing to do is to go to Hot Topic and get stuff. But then also at the same time, they had cool stuff that people wanted. So... You know, and and like if your no effects t-shirt is selling in hot topic, what does that mean based on the content of your lyrics? And you know, like it, can that all coexist and live together? Well, obviously it does, right? And okay. and so that is and everything that is punk to be anti-mainstream is 
commodified and sold and and massly it can be uh, consumed by the masses so it is a it is a contradiction as a genre music but then it gets to you know how there's always the real fans the real punks the the authentic right the same thing in hip-hop same thing in yeah. any genre where it's like they they wouldn't even listen to no effects right like no that's that is way too mainstream for for their their palette sure sure um but still i don't know man like okay i so the uh, you helped me kind of have the language for what i was trying to say earlier so like an anti-materialism message sure communicated by a band who's selling their t-shirts at the show right like for a lot yeah for a lot of money yeah okay all right the i'm a true hip-hop i'm a true punk fan Mm -hmm. and so let's stick with punk so i'm a true punk fan and i've made my own leathers and i've put on all the things myself all the patches that's all me i love that 100 percent love that um uh uh and 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 still there's a reason you wear that like that it's it's the reason we wear anything right it's an identifier it's a marker it's kind of a brand and it and it's expressed it's a material thing um what's really interesting this came up with some of our colleagues who went with us uh uh who one of our colleagues hadn't been to a punk rock show before like this and wanted to know like what kind of shirt should i wear and so we're texting back and forth and of course the easy answer is a black one just wear a black shirt you'll be fine that's what uh, i did. yeah exactly um i was dressed appropriately right oh you were of yeah, course. But, okay, yeah. Okay, this is where i want to go because my okay. response was my response was dude fuck black shirts like you, <laughs> you wear whatever you like allows you to be a free soul in a panopticon of other free souls right and then yeah. after that i'm like and i'm totally wearing a black shirt just so you know <laughs> right but and then okay, go ahead ended up wearing a hawaiian shirt is that what happened yeah, and I, I'm so happy. And there were other folks with lots of different colored shirts and, you know, not a lot, of, mostly black shirts there, but there were there was a variety of shirts there. I, I appreciated it. It was easy to find that person. And yeah. 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 But but here's that, that other layer that I want to ask you about, Sean. It's, it's that kind of that concept of the panopticon, right? Like when you go to a concert, you're definitely going to see a band perform. But you're also going there to see other fans watch that band perform. And really, you're also there to have other fans see you seeing this band perform. Oh, yeah. Right. I was only in the second group. Yeah. <laughs> I was only there to watch you all. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I love. And I didn't mind the like the music. I was fine. I was, yeah, I was having a good time too. But it was, yes. I, I think all three of those, yes. And so and one person is any of those three at any given time. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you see it in how they structure the whole arena. Like you've got the general admission, but then you've got the VIP, and there's no. a certain part of VIP that's lifted up. Not and it's not, it's clearly like not just so that they can see the band or even see us. It's so that we can see them. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that punk? No, I'm just kidding. I, this will, I mean, it's all the things, of course. VIP everything. area or would be punk would be like general admission storms, the VIP area infiltration. Right. I didn't advocate for that. I did not start a rally, you know, no, but I think true punk rock would be like, we all stop listening to go buy each other ice cream. And then we just like go play checkers. Ooh, that would be true. Like, in checkers. 
don't know why any of those things, but yeah. <laughs> there's some deeper meaning. It's like the lyrics, like maybe there mean there's more to this or yeah. not. I don't know. So, so just, I want to say one more thing in this space and we'll go wherever, but like me again, not 10,000 foot and not Curry knows anything about anything, but just my little punk rock heart. And, but I love is like, I, I kind of, when we got in there and I had a beer and the music started playing, all that stuff just for me melted away. Like it was just total free expression, hanging out with folks that I knew were there for a similar reason I was there. So there's already that kind of like implicit shared value. And then I'm bouncing off of them and they're bouncing off of me all day. Right. And it just was like, yeah, it just felt total relief and freedom and expression and reciprocating actions and just so fun um yeah, yeah. well that's what i love the most was seeing seeing you in, in your happy place and just like um yeah being able to witness that that was really cool i i did not go into the mosh pit um i did watch a lot and yeah i i, I think that that is that would have been true for me at a different kind of venue. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I like seeing people do the things that they really look forward to doing. And then when they get there, it happens that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, a lot of times when we have like plans to go do something, it doesn't feel like the, the, the anticipation for it is always better than the thing itself. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, so for it to live up to the hype for the individual or for the group, I'm really happy for that. It was, it was just a, a spot where like, while I was dressed appropriately, like I am, and I wouldn't go as far to say imposter. Cause I think again, the show was mainstream enough to where somebody like me is part of the crowd. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was some outsider feeling of like, I don't exactly speak the language, so I don't want my accent to show too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, overall, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I have some more for you. If Yeah, no, let's do it. Um, so I, how, how much are you in tune or attuned to the the current punk scene meaning like do you know about newer bands do you know what younger fans are into is it uh, in opposition to kind of the bands that we saw there or or that you grew up listening to and what would you say are some of the distinctions between the the generations of the the punk fans you know in their the 35 to 50 range um as opposed to the younger ones that's a really good question. I don't know if I'm so caught up with like where punk is today. Um, right. There was so one of the bands that I hadn't heard before that played, they're called the Bomb Pops. Mm -hmm. um, they're fairly new um, and yeah. I don't think as old as we are. <laughs> OK, OK, yeah. Um, and their sound is is what to me sounds like Ben, like it's it's a response to punk in the last 10 years, like definitely more recent than No Effects um like like alkaline trio or like that kind of that kind of group um so and then i went to another show last fall and there were at least two bands that were like 
to me, I, 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 they seem to me to be like between like early twenties. Right. <laughs> um, and then again, similar sounds. I wasn't hearing anything like really, really new or like to me that landed like, Ooh, that's not, that's not a punk that I can follow. Um, it, it, it from what I could hear. And I don't know clearly like the organizers for these events know who they're picking and how this is all going to coalesce together. I'll tell you the one band that really stood out as oddball is the co-defendants and that's Mike Burkett's new project. Um, He's the lead for no effects. And that was definitely fusing like some hip hop stuff and some funk and it was interesting, but it was, it was the one that stood out as maybe newish punk, I guess, if you want to call that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But again, I'm not an expert. I'm yeah. Just a happy fan. (laughs) So, As far as the, um, the music that you grew up on. Right. I know no effects is a part of that, but like how big of a part of that is let's say no effects specifically. Right. I don't remember if I said this on the last, the last episode we did or not, but I, cause I grew up in a rural area without radio way before the internet. All my punk rock music was on mixtapes. So my buddy nice. Carlos, he would take CDs his older brother had and then just whatever his favorite songs were on those CDs, he'd mm-hmm. record them onto a tape and then I would get a copy of that. And that was, so there was some times where like, it'd be 10 years later and I'd be listening to Pandora. No, but probably what, 15 years later, I'd be listening to Pandora and be like, oh, that's that song. Oh, that's that band, you know? So oh, wow. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Well, what do you have any questions for me as far as like the, the experience, anything that you would want to know from, from the outsider sociologist or just Sean perspective? Well, I, I do want, um, so let me ask a, a sociology question and then maybe I'll try to, cause I want to see if we can connect this to teaching. We might not be able to, but I want to try. <laughs> I was saying we're all about learning. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That one for sure. That one for sure. Um, so the, okay. My question is, when I come into that venue, I already have a plan because I know how I want my experience to go. Right. So I'm kind of already like, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe grab a beer first. Uh, if, if it's the band that's playing first, I don't really care for. I'll have other things like check out the little vendors, T-shirt stuff. Um, but I already know the set list and I've already kind of I've been there right when it opens. And so I've got a plan like I'm I know what I'm going to do the whole time. So. If if you didn't have that kind of little, yeah, if you, let me just assume you didn't have that kind of definite relationship to the band list because it's kind of a different um, uh, genre for you. What 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 did like orient your experience? Like, did you just walk in and whatever caught your attention drew you to a place, or did you kind of have a plan that you wanted to accomplish? Or, well, yeah. So I, I think I always have like two plans whenever I go anywhere and and maybe those plans kind of get swept to the side if it is like the thing I'm going to is let's say if it was a hip-hop concert for a group that was that was hanging it up and 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 I knew this was going to be my last opportunity to see them and um, I was with that subculture of people it would be different but so I'm looking for a few things I I'm looking at viable exits Look at this is like the older crowd person. Nice. I like it. I'm looking for exit. Yeah. I'm looking for security guards. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for um, 
water. Yes. Where they're going to sell water. Yes. Because I know everybody's about to be dehydrated very soon here. 100%. Um, the bathroom village, the porta potty yeah. village, they're going to look <laughs> for that for sure. Um, and then I'm looking for the spaces where the, the moderate spaces. So not the spaces where nobody's at. Cause I, I find that that's where you, you, you can get into the most trouble because mm. there's just not enough people as a buffer. You're going to get focus. Mm. <laughs> You're going to get the focus and attention of somebody in those very um, sparse spaces. Yeah. But then um, I also am not going to be in the thick of it with everybody. Cause that's dangerous for another reason. Cause you can't move. Right. Um, so I'm looking for the, 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 the spot where I have a personal bubble but there are a lot of people close by. And then I think that is the best place to observe both the, the, the sparse spaces and the, the densely populated spaces. Yeah. And I have a view of the whole thing. And I don't like being on the edge for some reason, even though like that, the exit thing, I want to know where the exits are, but I don't like standing on the edge. I like standing in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, I think you just get the most, uh, <laughs> You pick up on the most interesting conversations there for some reason. For sure. Like the things that I heard people say in passing, I think, um, really made my day. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of the stuff that I look for, you know? I love that. Yeah. That awesome. I, I definitely went to the most dense places. You did. <laughs> you did. And then you tried to get me to go with you. And then I followed you up until a point where I, I was uncomfortable, like, knifing through everybody. Like, yeah. it was. You know, there's definitely a skill to that. And I was with somebody else too, that I didn't feel comfortable dragging them through all of that. Right. Um, But, but there, there's definitely a technique and the technique is turn sideways and just keep moving and it's going to work. It is. And, but, but there's another layer to that technique and it's, you try, you be kind and you be funny. So like, well, I'm trying, well, I'm going through, I'm always like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, like I, I'm so late. I'm so sorry. Like, this is all my fault and I have to find my whatever. But well, then, <laughs> and I'll notice like I, like I stepped on someone's toe and I'll yeah. totally stop and turn around and be like, oh, I'm so, how are you? Is your toe okay? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> and it really makes a difference. They're like, cause you know, they're about to be mad at you, especially cause you're cutting in and they got there early. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, no, I'm okay. I'm, a, and you know, and then you're like, oh, who are you here to see? Oh, did you see him earlier? Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. And then you high five and then you're out again. You kind of knife your way back through the rest of the people. It, well, and then here's the thing too. You're tall. Yes. So as you're going through, whatever point you stop, somebody's kind of bummed. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> because they're like, oh, the tall guy stopped right in front of me. Like, right. He's going to keep going. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think about that too. I'm not as tall as you, but I'm tall enough to block. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's true. But when you're heading for that dense part, especially like the, the real dense part where you stop, once the music starts playing, everybody moves. So you're, you're not, you're no longer in front of anybody. You're usually like being trampled on and you got to get up and. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The closer you are, right. The, the more frenetic it is yeah 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 um yeah i love that though that you're really about the people like you went in there to be with the people around the people certain people close distant for reasons yeah that's 
That's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of feeling out, you know, the kind of uh, looking at all the people in a different way. I think than most others are, you know. And, and there is like such a I think with all kind of concerts and things like this, even though the aesthetic, right? Like the way that people look may lend itself to stereotypes of being punks. And I mean that in the other sense of the word, right? Yeah. Like yeah. not being cool, being right. mean or whatever. And and that's definitely overwhelmingly that is not what the experience was, right? And you know, there's people like helping people from because you know you had to park in these random spots. There wasn't like one parking lot to serve them all. It was right. you know all over the city. And people were like, oh, you just keep going down this street and they're giving directions and helping out. And you you know how you could tell we're all going to the same place? The green hair? Black shirts. Black shirts. That's it. Black shirts. If you had a black shirt on in downtown San Diego, you were going to the festival with us. So we yes. know. Yeah. Um, you know what was really cool, too, was the international crowd. Oh. Yeah. There was a lot of folks there from other places, folks that were, you know, no effects t-shirts that they did not purchase there. So people that were fans from all over, this is a last tour kind of speaks to the, the popularity and, and and the, the size, you know, the, the reach of the band rather, right. That, that, uh, the crowd is not just domestic, mostly domestic, surely, but but there there is a, a larger reach. And maybe that's why, you know, the kind of lingering on stage and maybe they were getting in all of their feelings too, right? About all of this. I totally think that's right. I I, I think this stuff is super meaningful, even though they're up there, like, like you said, like self-deprecating or yeah. Somebody threw a shoe at one point and hit hit Mike Burkett like in the face, knock the microphone out of the the stand. Mm. Uh, and they kind of, they had a joke about that. And you could tell he was like, like that hurt. You know, you had that surprising quick frustration and anger. Like you could see that on his face, but yeah. that's also like part of the shtick, like the thanks for all the shoes, you know, we suck live, that whole thing. Um, but, but even with that, you could tell that yeah, there was like at the end, like this is important. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't think it was no effects, but there were a couple bands up there, you know, when they have their little off script <laughs> musings up there and <laughs> talking, talking to the crowd, but kind of just talking to themselves as well, I guess. Yeah. There was like some weird political messages too that I wasn't really like, I didn't, I, I didn't focus in on them too much or even remember exactly. I couldn't even tell you which way they were leaning or whatever, but I don't know. I always find that interesting when, when artists take that opportunity to, uh, to express some views and, and, and expression. Oh, expression that started to bounce around, but the expression was a huge thing because of that, that uh, video on Mosh Etiquette that you sent me, right. you know, the, the number one thing everybody was talking about was that expression, being yeah. able to express yourself. And we didn't even really get into this part, but I do want to at least say that something that I appreciate the most about the scene is the moshing and that sense of community and the ability to kind of let go. Like you said, your your little punk heart was was happy and that all the other shit just kind of went away when you were in there. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. But then it, not only does it go away, it doesn't even exist when you're in that 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 
this this mass of people and you become one organism as, exactly. as opposed to individuals. And I think that expression and that release, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be marching at the, the physicality and the connection to other humans through physicality yeah. is something that humans um, obviously desperately, desperately desire and crave. And since society, and this goes to the whole punk ethos, you know, since society is so restrictive and, and, and constraining of those kinds of ways of expression, when we get the opportunities to do it, we don't just do it. We do the fuck out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. There, there was one, I can't remember which band, but there was one pit I was in and it was a nice, happy beat. And so I was doing my finger pointing dance in the, in the circle. <laughs> I see you know, the where I'm like kind of swaying a little back and forth. Yes. And my fingers go up and this way and out and a little bit like that. And just make smile and just kind of doing my circles. Yeah. And out of nowhere, this dude kind of turns and goes the opposite way in the circle with his arm out, hooks my elbow. And so now he's like twirling me. And we're totally dancing together doing oh, this wow. like finger pointy like he wasn't trying to tackle me he wasn't trying to hurt me he like saw me in that joy and he's like i want some of that and he came and scooped me up <laughs> and we finished the dance together and like big smile high-fived each other i didn't see him ever again but it was a beautiful moment <laughs> oh that's good and that's what i love that's what i love that's what i mean by that like playful seriousness or like serious play like and i don't know that that's true of hardcore pits i don't think that's true of like all mosh pits but definitely like certain punk rock band pits it is this like you get into this really serious situation where we could hurt each other and you're like just like you know doing a finger pointy dance or whatever it is like you're just in there to have fun you know and, oh absolutely absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we got to plan out our next adventure. Yeah. I already have it. You do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it, it's not for a few months, though. So if we could think of an adventure between now and then, okay. it would be really cool. Yeah. But the Viking Festival. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've never been anything like that. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm the fish tossing champion. I've told you this. Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Four years running. Wow. Okay. I have to go defend my crown. Yes. I would love for you to be there. Okay. I don't know how many teaching and learning opportunities. They have guilds and shit, so I don't know. We'll learn something. Yeah. That, that, that's that's the CE. That's the career education of back in the day. Perfect. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that will be one. Yeah. We'll go to that. Awesome. <laughs> In the meantime, we'll think of something else. Okay. That's not oh, but so fun. Thank you so much for the invitation um, and allowing me to, to be a part of that experience because uh, definitely never forget it. Nice. <laughs> and, and, and I really did um, enjoy observing the people there. And I also was a little bit sad that I wasn't a full participant. You know, I was a visitor and I, I wanted to be a resident mm -hmm. for just a few hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always try again, and or we can try other <laughs> genres. We could try other genres where, yeah, I'm down. We should we should try a genre we both don't know about. Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Black shirts will probably work. Yeah, that's kind of general. Yeah, pervasive, right? Just wear the black shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Oh, man, thank you. If you heard anything in this episode that has you thinking about how you teach, why you teach, or if anything made you feel joyful or even mad, like you just yelled at your dishes or whooped while you were walking your neighborhood. I've done those things. <laughs> then we really want to hear from you. You can find us on the Twitter at Safe Topics. Let us know how you're responding to today's book stuff. Like, what did we miss? Or what did we totally get right? Or what questions did we raise for you? And best of all, how are you thinking about your teaching and students? We'll update what we're reading so you can read along if you want. And your feedback will shape our discussions as we go. We may even read some comments in the episodes to come. And not just the nice ones. Safe Topics is a safe setting for dangerous topics. That's right. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe. We've never really asked people to do that before. I know. I think it's cool, though. We're ready to be rated and subscribed it. Yeah, and big thanks to Kelly Burnett and the rest of the Safe Topics team for editing, producing, promoting, and all the other wonderful backstage stuff you do. <laughs> and thank you for listening. 